you know, Mother's Day is not uh, a great day for everybody because just like that video is trying to say, and it didn't cover everything, but it covers a lot of different ways and situations that, that you might find yourself today. Um, I'm so thankful for the women that have impacted my life. I am really thankful for godly women, uh, whether that's my mom, my sister. You know, the biblical perspective, and we hear it occasionally, how women were not really valued uh, during, during that time. Well, sometimes you hear it yesterday, didn't you, right? Uh, we still hear so much about domestic violence and re relationship issues. And it's not just, not just dealing with racial issues or different ways that we're divided politically, but, uh, but even with, with, with our ladies. Um, I just want to tell you today that if anywhere ought to model the value of women, it's got to be in the church. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if, if you pay attention around here, but there's a, it's, it's kind of part of our DNA here. Uh, we, we love uh, the women of this church, uh, the, the women that have opportunity to be involved as leaders and ministers and teachers and on staff here. Uh, man, my life is so much better because of the women that serve here, right? I mean, we are a blessed place. So I would love for um, not just the moms, but every lady, uh, every girl, if you would just stand up today. We just want you to know that you're appreciated. And, uh, you know, we probably should do it every Sunday or every week. Uh, as we were coming in, I told some of the kids, happy, be nice to your mom day. You know, so, <laughs> I know they all are, sure. Uh, but um, you are really valued. It is so important, uh, the spiritual impact that you have, the prayers that you pray. Where, guys, where would we be without the prayers of the women in our life that made such a difference? I know you care about uh, your guys uh, your girls, your husbands, um, all, all these people in your life that you invest in. Uh, you carry such compassion and genuineness and godliness. And I just didn't want us to miss an opportunity today to tell you thanks. Um, Happy Mother's Day just doesn't quite get it, does it? It's so much more that you do than that. So thank you so much for who you are, uh, some of you, who you're becoming but I hope that being in this church or being in the, around this church family would help you to realize uh, we want to hear your voice. We want to see what you have to say. We want to be impacted and influenced uh, by your life. So um, whenever we're knuckleheads, uh, don't give up on us. We are sometimes. A bunch of guys in here know that. We try to have man church to try to figure some of that out, don't we, Mark? Um, but thank you uh, for giving uh, so much to us. So, uh, Guys, could we really appreciate these guys? We shouted for the Lord. Why don't we just shout for these guys? Woo! Thank you. Woo. It's a good day, man. That's, that is good. Um, 
I was thinking about uh, important women in my life. Um, I, I'll just tell you that I am uh, incredibly impacted by my mother. Um, I'll get a chance to see her tomorrow. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I call her all the time. She's always, uh, she's always wondering um, what's, what's going on like in the church, and she wants me to tell her about services and preaching and what's happening, and um, because I, I feel like that uh, my mother, it was, uh, she's in her 80s now, uh, she's in pretty good health, um, but my mother loves the Lord. Um, my mother loves the church. Uh, been, she's, she was everything, like she served on the missions board, and she was the church treasurer, and you know, all the different roles. Um, so I saw all that when I was growing up. Uh, she's quite a, a prayer warrior. Um, and, you know, mom, mom had a lot of wisdom. Uh, she wasn't one of those um, that would rush ahead to try to tell you what to do. Like, she's always listening, paying attention, but if you want her wisdom and advice and you seek it, man, it's loaded. <laughs> it's powerful. Had such an influence on me. Um, but uh, I love that about her, and uh, so I'm thankful for her. She might be watching today. Happy Mother's Day, Mom. Uh, glad, glad that you're watching. Um, so I wanted you to think a little bit about the influence of moms, the influence on, uh, of God on our lives, the spiritual influence that comes. Um, if, if you have opportunity, maybe somebody that loves you, uh, a lady that cares about you, uh, maybe even still your mom, uh, maybe ask them sometime, what, what do they pray for you? I bet you it's, it's majestic. It's powerful. It's, it's, not about, it's not about your money or cleaning your house, or something that you want to get. It's got eternal depth uh, in the prayers. Moms, right? Isn't that what you pray for your kids, and for your husband, and for the people in your life? Um, because God is allowing you to be this spiritual influence on those uh, around us. Uh, so we are talking today uh, about how to... Um, how to allow God to meet our needs. You know, the, one of the things I love about my mother is that she has, um, she, she's finishing well. I mean, she's been doing good all along, but she's still faithful. She's still serving God. She's still praying. She, she's still that solid uh, influence uh, in my life. I really appreciate that. Um, you know, so we are, uh, we're on this journey, aren't we, to finish well. Aren't we, ladies? You're trying to, you want to finish well. You want to continue this journey uh, that God has uh, faithfully uh, given to you. So we come to this uh, scripture this morning. Uh, this is a script section of scripture in uh, John that we've been looking at. That's John 6, 30 through 71. That's a long chapter, a long section. I'm not going to read all of that for you today, but what I'd like you to think about is bread. Jesus says that he is the bread of life. As a matter of fact, the way he says it is, I am the bread of life. Uh, do you, you know in this gospel that we're studying that I am becomes one of Jesus' most important statements? Uh, 
seven different times in the book of John, he says, I am, for instance, I am the bread of life. When, when Jesus says, I am, and there's a lot of different ways of people describing this, but I, I feel like Jesus is asking you a question, and he's giving us answers to those questions. So the, the question might be, are you hungry? I am the bread of life. We're going to talk about that. Hey, he might ask the question, are you blind? Are you confused? And he says, I am the light of the world. Are, are you searching, seeking? Jesus says, I am the door. Are, are you lonely, struggling in relationships? Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I'll guide you. I'll be with you. Are, are you feeling empty, unfulfilled? Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. I can fill your life. Are, are, are you confused? Are you trying to find the right answers? Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He, he asks you, do you feel fruitless? Do you feel like you're powerless? He finally says, I am the true vine. See, we draw strength from him. Every one of those answers is Jesus basically saying, I am here to meet the basic needs of your life. Those things that are going on in you, I'm the one. I'm the answer. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Um, so, you know, when, when people... Uh, think about God, you know, occasionally you see some kind of little interview where some they're asking, what do, you, what, do you think, what do you think God is like? And almost always you'll hear, well, he's some old guy that's up in heaven with a big old beard. Or uh, somebody might say, well, you really can't see him, but he's really, really big. <laughs> or Jesus says, God is spirit and God is truth. But if you're really looking for a, just a great description of, of God, yeah, maybe it could be uh, the God who th that we can depend on, the one who meets the basic needs uh, of our life. Uh, so that's, the, that's kind of the atmosphere uh, that's going on here uh, as we see him talking about being the, um, being the bread of life. So we're going to look at that together. Uh, I was, I'm kind of connecting this to... Um, to moms, maybe even my own mom, and uh, maybe you can identify with some of it, and then how God responds. Don't you think God is a lot like moms? I mean, there's a lot of characteristics in moms, um, some of the ones that we really value, that are they're very similar to the heart of God, I think. So I was thinking, number one, is that moms help keep us fed. Uh, I don't know about you, but my mother was really good at food. Like she was, uh, you know, we, when I was growing up, uh, we, didn't, we didn't hardly ever eat out. Like once every couple of weeks, we might, we might go out somewhere. But we ate at home dinner like every single day. Uh, we, Mom cooked every day. Uh, like on Sundays, 
And I know there's a couple of you in here that can relate to this, I'm sure. But like my mother, like we had Sunday dinner. Like when church was over, we make our way there and we went home and it wasn't like three o'clock by the time we ate. I'm talking about we had roast beef and potatoes and all this stuff. You know, everything was so good. And she had it ready. Like she cooked on Saturday. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Uh, Yeah, she cooked on Saturday so that we had this big family dinner uh, on Sunday. Like my whole growing up. Like, where did that plate go? I, you know, wonder about that sometimes. No, and, um, and, and one of the things that she was, I mean, she was great at all kinds of stuff, but she loved to make biscuits. Now, she didn't make these big old thick monster biscuits like that. I cannot stand those things. They're so, like, gummy and bready on the inside. No, she makes these little thin biscuits, man. And they were fluffy and real kind of thin. And I mean, you could eat your weight in those, those deals, man. They were so good. Uh, my dad loved biscuits. And like we long after I was gone, she's still making him biscuits every day, like every morning making biscuits. Mom was all about feeding us, right? Uh, mom knew more about nutrition way before all that stuff is on the internet about it. I mean, she, she knew what we were supposed to eat and how to, how to eat all this stuff, uh, how to eat well. Uh, she, was, uh, she was always taking care of us. As a matter of fact, my dad was like an entrepreneur, and so he opened one, uh, like a food business, a snack food business that they had uh, during one period of my life. And then another period, they had a restaurant. You know why they had a restaurant? Mom knew how to cook. She had one of these uh, diner kind of restaurants. You know, it was, you know, all the working people would show up for lunch there and all that. And uh, man, she, she was all, she loved it. I mean, you can tell I haven't missed many meals. Uh, I have. Uh, you know, I try to be healthy and all those kind of things, but my, it, it's mom. I mean, she was like that. She wanted us to, uh, to eat well. And for a long time when our kids, you know, I still love eating at the table and sharing a meal together. And uh, those are really important. Those are from mom. But God picks that up because God gives us bread. He gives bread to those who are hungry. He gives bread to the hungry. He says, I am the bread of life. Now, the setting that we're looking at here is Jesus has fed the 5,000 plus uh, and their families on the hillside, and he took the small loaves of bread and the fishes, the pieces of fish, and he turned this meager little amount into this incredible meal where everyone uh, was fed. Why did he do that? He recognized these people were hungry. So the miraculous work of Jesus here reminds us that uh, he loves to feed us. As a matter of fact, it comes up in the scripture where it says that it reminded them of the people of God in the Old Testament when they received manna. Uh, The manna came. uh, I'll read you a verse here from Exodus 16. It says, when the layer of dew evaporated, There were fine flakes, didn't say frosted flakes, but I could have been there. There were fine flakes on the desert surface as fine as the ground. When the Israelites saw it, they asked one another, what is it? That's what manna means. Manna means, what is it? What is this? Because they knew what it was. Moses told them, it is the bread the Lord has given you to eat. Uh, Why did God send bread to the people in the Old Testament? Why did he provide for them? Because they were hungry. 
The people were traveling around, getting in boats, going from side to side on the lake, following Jesus. Uh, he gave them food because they were hungry. He gave them food because he loved them and wanted them to know. You know, Jesus wasn't just trying to open a restaurant. He wanted them to hear his words. And he knew that if he fed them, they would, they would come uh, around them. Jesus Christ is the true bread from heaven. The greatest provision that has ever been provided for us. God sent us the true bread. It didn't appear on the ground like in the book of Exodus, uh, it, but it appeared in a manger late one night as he was born to us. The bread that we're talking about this morning is a person. The bread is Jesus Christ sent by God to all of us. So what do we do? We often hunger for the wrong bread. We get all wrapped up in things and material things and things that we need to gain and put into our life. Um, Jesus talked to these people about that they were only interested in the temporary physical bread and not the bread that he had for them. Do you know that Jesus wants to fill you, to fill your soul to feed you, to give you spiritual appetite. You know, we can get captive to physical longings. But just think about how, just think about how much time you spend, how much effort you put in, how much energy it takes to keep you fed physically. I didn't get any lady amens or anything, I thought. I mean, it's a task, isn't it? I mean, it's, a, it's expensive, and it's, it takes a lot of time. Uh, I, just, I was visiting this family the other day, and um, I, I drove by, and they were, um, they were unloading groceries, and there was a bunch of it in there, you know. That? And so, you know, everybody's helping, and I grabbed a bag or two and held them carried in. And so uh, I said, whoo, this, this is a lot of groceries. She said, do you know this afternoon somebody will be saying, there's not a thing to eat in this house? <laughs> That's the, that's the way the physical is, isn't it? No matter how nice a meal you have today for Mother's Day or how much you eat this week, you're going to be hungry again. It just comes up day after day after day. But how much effort and energy and time and resources do you put in to satisfy your spiritual hunger? That's what Jesus is talking about. Do we make an effort? You know, do you have... You know, sometimes you get really hungry, you kind of feel your stomach growling. You ever, you, your spirit ever just growl for the things of God? Having a hunger and a desire. He is the bread of life, and he gives bread to those who are hungry for him. Number two, uh, moms, they give birth to us, and they help keep us alive. Amen, right? Uh, there's some of you out there that you wouldn't have made it. If, uh, I know you complain about all the rules and all the wondering where you are and keeping up with you and all that, but it kept you alive because you didn't have any sense. <laughs> I'm with you, right? I mean, that's not just to the guys. I know I called them knuckleheads, but some of y'all were knuckleheads too when you were growing up. Some of you girls out there, uh huh? Thank God for our moms. Not only that they gave us birth, but many times either a mom or some lady in your life that cared a lot more about your safety than you did, cared about you, cared about keeping you alive. Well, you know, only God's bread can give 
life. Only God's bread can really give life to us. That's really the essence of what's happening in this scripture right here. Uh, He's talking about um, not just physical food, but spiritual food that will keep us alive in Christ. You know, it's not just money or friendship or family. The hope that we have is the bread of life that he wants us to take in. Listen to, to what he said in this scripture. I, I just got different verses here. Uh, 627 says, don't work for the food that perishes, but for the food that lasts for eternal life, which the son of man will give you because God, the father has set his seal of approval on him. We actually looked at that verse last week. Uh, For the bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. John 6, 33. Um, For this is the will of my father, that everyone who sees the son and believes in him will have eternal life. And I will raise him up on the last day. John 6, 40. 647. Truly, I tell you, anyone who believes has eternal life. Do you notice what's happening here? Uh, These verses are connecting this idea of eating physical food to keep you alive with believing in Jesus that keeps you alive spiritually, that helps you to grow in him. Uh, This is the, uh, he says, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats this bread, he will have life. The bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh, John 6, 51. The one who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. I will raise him up in the last day, John 6, 54. 6, 57, just as the living Father sent me, I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. 657 and the last. This is the bread that comes down from heaven. It is not like manna your ancestors ate because they died. The one who eats this bread will live forever. Jesus is the bread that gives life that never ends. The life that Jesus promises to us uh, is the per, a person that is spiritually alive because of the nourishment that he offers to us. Jesus brings to us life-giving relationship. His life flows, flows through us. He is able to relate to us. Uh, where you used to be dead in your sin, now you've been made alive with Christ, and he is feeding your soul to keep you alive. He wants you to go to heaven. He's not in the, the tricking business. He's not trying to trip you up. He's trying to make you stronger. He's trying to feed your soul that one day you will sit at the table in heaven in the marriage feast of the lamb. Praise God. He feeds us. We must eat to live. So our memory verse today is John 6, 35. Uh, We're going to quote this together. We say the reference, we say the verse, and then we say the reference together. It should be on the screen. It's definitely on your outline for you there. Bottom of the first page there. Ready? John 6, 35. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. John 6, 35. So this is, this is the point. This is the connection between uh, what he has to say to us here. He's reminding us, you know, the truth is you either eat or you don't. My mom did not like us not to eat. She also didn't like us complaining how the food looked. (laughs) 
You get that, don't you? You won't get yourself in trouble? Just complain about the pot roast or the whatever it was, you know. It uh, might not look good to you, but you better act like it does, right? <laughs> She's worked hard getting that together. So we recognize this difference. You know, you, she knows whether you eat or you don't. The same is true about believing in Jesus. You either believe in him or you don't. You either trust that he will give you life so that you can receive him freely and completely, or you don't. There's really no middle ground. You're either eating or you're not. You're either believing or you're not. When you eat, the reason mom knows that you're eating is because you're internalizing the food, right? Chewing is not eating. Chewing and spitting it out, no good, no good, no good. Internalizing it, nutrition, taking that in. When you eat, you internalize the food. Therefore, think about this. Thinking about eating is not the same as eating. Profound, right? Knowing the nutritional facts is not the same as eating. Understanding how food is processed in my body is not the same thing as eating. To believe is to internalize the truth of Jesus. To internalize it is to receive him into your soul. Man, this makes great sense, doesn't it? Because we are experts at eating. I noticed, I watched you. We're good at it. We like all kind of different foods. We, we internalize that stuff really well. I'm pretty sure this afternoon you'll, you'll take it up. But do we internalize believing in Jesus, putting our trust in him, and not living just for the pot roast, but living for the bread of life that he offers to us? So thinking about Jesus is not the same as believing in Jesus. Knowing some facts about Jesus is not the same as believing in Jesus. Understanding how Jesus saves a person or how he works is not the same as believing. Believing is staking your life on the fact that the only way to live is to receive him. Can I say that one more time? Believing is staking your life on the fact that the only way to live is to receive him. So you might say, well, how do I eat the bread of life? Believe in him. Stake your life on him. Trust in him. Give yourself completely to him. It's placing all of your hope on him to sustain you. It's placing all your confidence in him as the only one who can give you life and strength and a future. Taking in his bread. As you get to the end of, of this section, it, it reminds us here that the disciples, Jesus was asking them, how does, how does this apply? He's saying true disciples make a, make a real commitment to follow Jesus. Um, you know, the, one of the saddest verses in the Bible is John 6, 66. As soon as I said that to somebody this week, they said, oh, no, that's 666. We can't have that. Uh, so whatever all that is. But it is 666. Sad verse. It says, from this time on, many of his disciples turned back, and they no longer followed him. You know, it is sad 
these people that saw the fish and the bread and the feeding of the 5,000, how many of them walked away? How many of them have seen Jesus do amazing things? But one of the things that happens to us is that we have to move, hear me now, we have to move from curiosity about Jesus to commitment to Jesus. It's not just enough to be curious or to be some sort of a little bit religious or, you know, I know that. No, no, no. Commitment to Jesus was his challenge to them. He asked them, will you also leave me? And the true disciples made a confession, confession of him. What that confession looked like, they said, where else would we go? I love that. He, they asked, he asked them, are you two going to leave me as well? And they say to him, where, where else would we go? To whom else would we turn? Um, do you know that it is not always easy to live for Jesus? It is not always easy. These guys, they might have said, um, well, he asked, are you going to leave me too? And Peter, if he was honest, probably could have said, well, we thought about it. We thought about it. Because you're not very easy to live with. I mean, the people that we think are important in society, you don't really think much of them. Uh, these religious leaders. You go into the temple where we go and worship, and you go in there and you turn all the tables over and you make a mess. That's a little embarrassing to us. I mean, you, you tell all these stories, and half the time we don't even understand what you're talking about. You're always putting us in these situations where we're challenged to grow. You are not always the easiest one to live with. But where else would we go? So we have to look at the alternatives. Look at the alternatives to Jesus. I mean, Satan will come along and tell you through temptations, temptations of the world, of the flesh, of the devil. Um, you know, he, and he comes to all of us to try. You know, Satan's advantage on us is that Satan lies. Satan lies. And God never lies. He always tells you the truth. Instead of telling you the truth, Satan tells you all these other things. But I just want to ask you, what is the alternative? Even when it's difficult to follow Jesus, what alternative is any better? Nothing. He's the bread of life. He's the one that keeps us alive. He not only said, where would we go? He said, uh, what else? You got the words. You got the words of eternal life. Peter didn't say, hey, Jesus, you fed the 5,000. You walked on the water. Um, do you think we could, we're going to go follow somebody else? No, he said, you have the words of eternal life. They had been listening to him. I mean, if you think miracles are powerful, they are, but nothing is more powerful than the word of God the word of God that speaks to us. So if you're going to make it to the end, if you're going to be filled with spiritual food, you got to be taking in the word of God. And then as they made this confession, who else would we turn to? You are the Holy One of God. We believe it. We know it. We put our trust completely in him. He's the answer uh, to our needs. He comes to us and meets our needs on a daily basis. You are the Holy One of God. You are the one that we long for. Um, basically, he's reminding them, we're on this journey together, and how are you going to make it to the end? How are you going to be faithful to God every day for the rest of your life? Bread. His bread. His words. His encouragement. His presence to you. The Apostle Paul, he's near the end of his life. 
And he says, familiar words, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. He knew where his value was. And that's what Jesus is trying to uh, help us with and help us to commit ourselves to today. He is the bread of life. We're going to prepare to, uh, to eat this bread and this juice. Pastor Cheryl's going to come. We have a team. Uh, today, we are most appropriately going to be fed by moms. All the moms uh, or some moms are coming here this morning to serve us uh, communion today. So um, it might not look like lunch, but it's spiritual food. Uh, so if you guys will get in place and then we're going to pray uh, for these items. Uh, what do you think about not only the women that have been so influential in your life, but God's spiritual influence on you today. I, I, I don't know for sure what your mama would want of you, but there's a very good chance, and I know Jesus would want you to believe in him. Could we, could we have this meal together today and walk out of here closer to Jesus than when we came in? Maybe closer than you've ever been. Because you know that you can't survive on bread and material things and money. You need Jesus in your soul. And, and maybe he's already there. So many of you, that's true. But you know, it, it's so helpful, isn't it, to come to church and to tell him, I, I need you in my soul. I need you to live in my life. So as we, as we get ready to receive this today, Open, open your heart to him. Uh, when you eat this, he said, this is like, this bread and juice is like taking me into you. It's a, it's a symbol of reminding you that it's not just about a physical meal, but it's about a spiritual meal. Let's, let's really eat well today. Would you bow and pray with me as we anoint these elements? Jesus, thank you. Thank you for taking time in this passage to remind us of what, where the value really is. Lord, I thank you so much for, for my mother and for all those meals and for all those biscuits and all that. Thank you for her caring about me and my family. But Lord, through all that, we have learned that eating from your table allowing the bread of life to feed our soul, that's where the eternal value is. Today, as we hold this bread in our hands, as we take a cup of juice, bring us to the table today. Bring us the bread of life. Help us to believe in you. Help us to trust you. In Jesus' name, God bless you as we are served today. Moms, would you serve us?
Lord's Supper is a simple time when we come and together say, how are the needs in my life going to be met? Jesus says, I am the bread of life. He's the only one that can satisfy the deepest needs of my soul. Jesus taught this to his disciples and he teaches it to us. He says, when we come with the bread and juice, as often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. So today we remember that Jesus gave himself on the cross for us. We remember together that the only way to satisfy the deep needs of my soul is through him. Jesus is real in this room right now. We come to celebrate. We celebrate the Father and thank him for sending his son. We celebrate Jesus for willing to give himself on the cross. We celebrate the Holy Spirit, who is the presence of Jesus in this room right now. As we take this supper together in a few moments, it's not routine. It's not ceremony. It's commitment. It's an expression of commitment to God. We are saying in our hearts, in this visible way, we believe. We believe that our sins are forgiven. We believe that he is the one who not only meets our needs here, but for eternity. We believe that he offers abundant life. We believe in Jesus. We praise him. The songwriter says, oh, how I love Jesus. He doesn't just say, I love Jesus. He says, oh, <laughs> that passion that's in his heart. Oh, how I love Jesus. Mary's playing that for us. Uh, let's sing it together. Supper to become kind of routine for us. I hope this is your favorite restaurant. <laughs> your favorite time to come and to visibly remind yourself that not only do you believe in him, but that you're alive and you're going to be alive because of the bread of life. Jesus gathered with his disciples and he took a piece of bread and he said, this bread is my broken body.
given for you. Jesus is the bread of life. Let's eat this bread in remembrance of what Christ has done for us and let's live in him because he is the bread of life. Let's eat together. Jesus took the cup and he said, this represents my blood. Most of his disciples would run away. Jesus would be beaten and broken. Jesus' death was real. It wasn't easy. It's the means of forgiveness for every one of us. Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. And this that we drink today is the sign of the new promise in his blood, the promise of life that he offers to us. As we drink this, do this in remembrance of his promise. The greatest miracle of all is that Jesus Christ comes into our hearts, lives with us, feeds us, cares for us. I mean, if you think walking on water is impressive, the most important miracle of all time is that Jesus would come into your heart. He carries out that miracle every day, feeding you. Let's drink in remembrance that Christ died for us and be very thankful. Jesus, we love you today. Thank you for in the context of thinking about the ladies in our life, our moms, important spiritual leaders that have blessed us. We thank you that you feed our souls. You embrace us and love every one of us. We give you thanks today for this meal, for the bread of life, the bread not only for this life, but for eternal life to come. We praise you together now in Jesus' name. Everyone said, amen.